But I hate when I feel like this And I never hated you Neurotica is a weekly podcast going to the deepest, darkest parts of the mind and bringing them to light. Topics range on mental illness, behavior, and perception and more. Please be warned, many episodes contain trigger warnings. If you ever have thoughts of suicide, please call the suicide hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Hey everybody, welcome to Neurotica. My name's Cody Ryan. I'm here with my co-host as always, Bobby. How's it going, Bobby? Going pretty well, Cody. Uh, I actually uh, have something new for the first time ever. Oh my goodness. In this little introduction. You have something that happened in your life to update us on, yeah, something, what you're saying. I have something new. And it's most of the skin on my face because I got irradiated sunburned at a Penn State tailgate last Saturday. Great. <laughs> and, and, um, it's horrible, but that's the. Th- I actually do have something new for once, so thought uh, it would be appropriate to bring it up here, since you were talking before about how I never have anything new. So your new thing is just reminding us how white you are and that you got red. Yeah, but now all the skin's gone, so it's new skin. Great. It's good. It's like a fresh start. It's really good for your skin to get severely sunburned. Yeah, I read that uh, nowhere. Um, so I did not do that, but I actually had kind of like a similar like reunion like weekend cause I went to a wedding and the wedding was, um, a good friend from high school was marrying a girl he met in college that I became good friends with as well. So the wedding that I was going to is like pretty much everybody who was going other than like some of the bride's family. Like I, I knew everybody. Um, sounds really similar to, uh, my story from, was it last week or a couple weeks ago when I went yeah, to the wedding yeah. for my, uh, friend from high school and my parents were there and their friends were there and I had a just amazing time and was, you know, really glad that I went and, uh, I'm, I'm assuming that you had a very similar experience, right? No, this isn't that story. Uh, no, I, I have fun at weddings. I want to, I want to make it very clear as much as I am sometimes a curmudgeon. I do really like weddings, and in general, I have a great time with weddings. And this wedding, I also had a good time, but it was a little weird for me. Now, Bobby, I know you love weddings, and obviously that story you like told last week was just like proof enough of it, but like you've been to a shit ton of weddings compared to me, I think. Well, yeah, I've been to all of my cousins on both sides of my family. My dad's side and my mom's side are older than me. The oldest on my uh, mom's side is... Pro- the, the oldest on both sides really are like a, approaching 40 so they've since i was 17 years old people have kind of steadily been getting married sometimes a couple in a year sometimes once every couple of years but i've been to a bunch for them and then i'm also a couple of years older than you so um other people my age started getting married you know a couple of years ago so between those those two factors and the fact that my dad and i dj weddings so we're not in attendance you know as a guest or anything but we're still there we're still like playing the music and like trying to have fun because if we're sitting back there like miserable and like not having a good time then most likely the guests are also not having a good time so just between personal and like professional i have been to a ton of weddings and they really are like one of my favorite events to go to but one of the things that would be different for you especially now in the wake of um, starting to see this new therapist and getting on clonopin and things like that is 
whenever I'm at a wedding that I'm not working professionally, like, and if I'm mingling with friends and family, like, I, I can get hammered, which you can't do. Yeah, so, and that's really what this weekend turned into, is, like, I've been to roughly five or six weddings. Like, that's, like, it was for me, like, some of my cousins got married, like, shotgun-wise, that they didn't, I didn't get invited, and, like, you know, my family's big drinkers, so it's a lot, lot of, like, no kids allowed. So when some of my, like, older cousins got married, started getting invited to those. And then, of course, you know, my high school friends to college friends, they get engaged. And some of them I stayed close with. So a couple of months ago, I actually went to a wedding. And at the time, I had a girlfriend. And we had a great time. It was in Delaware. So it wasn't too unfamiliar for me. And, you know, I got to catch up with all these people. So the flash forward to the wedding that I was at last weekend, it's a lot of the same people. It's a very strong overlap. And you are a friend of mine in my group chat know that I was freaking out about just even the fact that I didn't have a new suit. I was going to wear the same suit to like essentially the same wedding. Yeah, well, you've for the last month or so have just sort of been always in a state of low level freak out. So that's not necessarily anything new, but this was you know, more of a spike. Yeah, it was just weird. Like, I was just really worried about this suit thing. But I also had some, like, weirdness going into it because I had to text, like, the the bride to be like, hey, by the way, my girlfriend's vegan. You didn't have a vegan option on the menu. And then they're like, hey, ignore that last text. Like, I'm coming alone now. (laughs) Uh, And also, let's explain the suit thing. You were freaking out about the suit because I guess you wore the same one to the wedding before. Yeah, and I knew that a lot of the same people would see it and also it's just like getting a little older it probably doesn't fit as well. Like I'm just self-conscious about the suit in general even if I just wore it to like anywhere that no one had ever seen it. Right. But and the we fact were... that I, somebody was going to see it a second time and be like hey, is that what you wore last? Like that got in my head. Right, which is just so, such an insanely like only a, a super self-conscious person would think that because we were all just like just wear like a different color tie yeah <laughs> and like literally no one will notice <laughs> and i wore a really nice color tie but i also made another weird decision in the run of this wedding is that um it always was like a j- running joke between some of my friends about like who could grow the best mustache and stuff and there was also like this old joke from like our high school days about uh, me making a joke about like my dad having like a gay porn mustache and it's back then when it's like yeah that's like, classic yeah. honestly right anytime you have a mustache no matter what it looks like someone people will like make a joke that you look like you know like a child molester or something like yeah. that yeah which is the most uncreative joke because a lot of people look like good with mustaches like, or, or like can grow a good mustache like just having a mustache doesn't mean that you look like a child molester. Or... Yeah, yeah, it's not great because like somebody, uh, I, I like post on Twitter, and this person was just joking, and it was a, a friend of mine on Twitter. But like, I was like, oh, like I could be your date for hire. The mustache is optional, and he he said, you look like the guy playing BTK in Mine Hunter season two. <laughs> I went, fuck, like I don't want to be compared to the serial killer, but he wasn't far off. It's so like I, it's I just like a lazy. I, the mustache, in my opinion, looked good on you. It's just, it's just a lazy joke that... No, it was funny. I like him, uh, but... It I'm was... not saying that. I'm just saying that yeah, I think it's that just joke like, is lazy. It was just like a thing like in the run-up of all of like the wedding. I was like, I'm going to grow this mustache. And like, it, the thing is, really funny about it was like, 
back then when I said, oh, my dad's got like a, a you know, 80s gay porn mustache. Somebody's like, well, you watch 80s gay porn. They really turned it back on me. Man, and I had a breakdown <laughs> back when masculinity mattered that much to me, you know, when I was like 15. But they, they, they legit did own me. But like, uh, so yeah, I was like, all right. We, we all got into like we all had like this running thing just like we would grow our stupid facial hairs and i was like all right i'm gonna grow like i already just hadn't shaved in a little bit because i was coming off a breakup and didn't give a shit and i was like you know what i'm gonna i want to grow the mustache so i committed to it you know i had to deal with some ridicule from like coworkers and stuff whatever and i get to the wedding and then as like people are asking me like why do you even like grow the mustache i realized i don't have that good of an explanation either so that made it even worse or so just like I thought I'd be funny. Like, I think <laughs> mustaches are going to make a comeback, man. Yeah. Everyone, sure. listen, every guy who grows a mustache, who's like even decent looking and can grow a decent mustache, the mustache looks great. Looks great on this quarterback, Gardner Minshew, Minshew, whatever, from the Jaguars. Yeah, he's like 80. It looks great on Aaron Rodgers. He's not 80, he's like 23. He looks like he's fucking um, he looks like Magnum P.I. looks like a cross between Rob McElhaney and Jim Adair. Great. He does. Oh, Jim Adair also looks good with the mustache. Me, when I am 30 pounds lighter, look good with the mustache. It's going to come back. Alright, so you're, you have three examples. One of them includes you in a state that you need to be. Another one is a person that we've never mentioned the podcast at all, so people may or may not have context and to. And everyone who's listening to this knows who Jim Adair is. Sure. That, if you assume that our circle is just that small, come on, man. Like, we know that it's that small. Somebody have... somebody in Sweden could be watching this and be like, who is Jim Adair? Jim Adair is a guy that has a mustache and loves going in it. That's all that matters. He looks great in the mustache. I agree. Anyway. It's coming back. People do it ironically, and then they look good in it, and everyone's going to get the courage, and it's going to make a comeback. All right. Let me know when I need to do that. Anyway, let, let's retract a little bit to me actually being the wedding. Before I even went to You're the You're really wedding, good at selling my bits. I don't <laughs> want to talk anymore about the mustache, but I'm sure we'll get to it one way or another. But let's retract a little bit. Before I even got to the wedding, um, I didn't... I don't have a car. And it was in Virginia Beach, so it's not, like, an easy way to get it. And also, there was, like, a hurricane coming. So not not great circumstances, but... Oh, we're my, talking about the hurricane. All right, whatever. I don't want to talk about the hurricane, but I'm just saying, like... All right, whatever. God damn it, Bobby. Yeah, how does it feel? How does what feel? Exactly. Go on. Anywho, the arrangement was that I reached out to a friend in... It was a couple that I, you know, went to college with, and they were very, very accommodating, and they let me stay at their place the night before, and my other friend was staying over, and we all carpooled down together to Virginia Beach. The storm actually wasn't that bad. The day of the wedding was actually beautiful. But, like, you know, I'm going down with them, and I realized I'm just, like, I don't know. These are people that I went to, like, high school slash college with, so it's, like, a weird mix. But I never really felt, like, fully integrated in their group. And I was in their group. Like, the one dude I legitimately lived with one of the years. But it was just, like, a group I never really felt, like, fully part of. So I felt, like, overstimulated a little bit. And I felt like I just kept talking and talking and oversharing. And that just carried throughout the whole weekend of the wedding to the point where, like, they had an Airbnb. They dropped me off at the hotel. 
And by the time we all reconvened, I was just like, shit, man, did I tell everybody about my new pills? And like, and I really was just like fucking out of it. And I'm not supposed to drink on my pills. But Bobby, let me tell you, I was very drunk multiple times that weekend. So I could have died. Well, you know what? Some you're not gonna go down to a wedding in Virginia Beach and not drink. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care what you're on, like Clonopin, muscle relaxers, like whatever. I don't have any muscle relaxers. If anybody has I any know, muscle I'm relaxers, just call Bobby at three zero two. I'm saying it's one of those things. That's a Delaware that you, you, I know. Pork and Delaware. God damn it. <laughs> I'm just uh, Stop yelling. God damn it. Stop yelling at me specifically. Okay, well, so you weren't supposed to drink and you did drink. Yes. Go on. So that was just like the first night that we were all hanging out. That was no big deal, whatever. Second night, though, um, or the second day, you know, we're actually going to the ceremony. Friends picking me up. There's, there's nothing like really hitting me at this point. But my one friend who actually shows up finally, my friend Yash, who I've known since actually like middle school... Like, he, he left my middle school, but I've known him longer than anybody else at this wedding. We're great friends. He shows up, and um, he's showing up literally as the ceremony's starting, and I realize his girlfriend isn't with him. But his girlfriend, they are still together. She just had, like, a last-minute, like, family emergency. She couldn't show up. But it was cool, because it was, like, me, him, my other friend Sam were, like, going to be, like, like, he also was supposed to have a date that just, like, last minute couldn't come for, right. like... So it was, like, the, the stag crew? Yeah, but, like, Yash had a, a girlfriend, but it was still, like, we'd just be, like, the single guys or whatever. But it wasn't that big of a wedding, so it wasn't like I was even really going to hit on anybody. Like, as far as I could tell, like, me and my friend Sam were the two single people at the wedding. Like, sure, there were more, but I don't know, like, any more past that. Right. Um. So, yeah, I was, like, just whatever having a good time but my friend who was like accommodating me was being really like helpful he's like i'm gonna watch you tonight and make sure you don't drink more than like two drinks so that's what we talked about that is pretty much what you should do on clonopin and i was like yeah and then like i had my two drinks and then i had a panic attack <laughs> and then i was like i can't drink anymore so then i went back to like my room my friend yash to take uh another clonopin to calm down and he's fucked up as hell. And we're just like, I'm just making him sit there and just like listen to like what depression is and what it's like to like. Can't imagine what that must have been like for him. Yeah, well, yeah, but he was like interested. But at the same time, he's just fucked up and not catching like half the words I'm saying. When I'm just like describing to him just like the dread of my life right now go back out and just start like sneaking drinks i just like started sneaking them but we were on the beach and we ended up having a good time and next day we're at this brunch and it just kind of dawned on me that like two things were very evident in this wedding one even though i wasn't the drunkest that was my friend yash when we went to the beach i was constantly worried about him falling into the sand and one time he went towards the ocean I wasn't sure we were going to get him back out of the ocean. So that was, you know, he was the drunkest, but like, I felt like I was the mess of the wedding because like, I couldn't shut up, which I never can, but I was overstimulated and I'm just telling people like, yeah, I've got all these like pills I have to take now and really bad depression. And then I like try to 
advocate for mental health and half the people are like oh man it's really cool and other people are like yeah man that's cool <laughs> your brain's fucked up and then two the thing that really got me was that throughout the wedding I'm literally talking uh, ceremony reception they came to the beach they had brunch with us the, the bride and groom I've, I've just never seen two people that happy before and for me, this was that guy friend that, like, always was like, I'm never going to get married. Like, I, I want to, you know, die young and just to have sex. He found, like, his perfect person. And just to see how happy they were. And they just still wanted to just spend time with all of us. And they were happy we were there. And all their happiness. That's when my life started caving in. When they were that happy. So seeing how, like, happy and wonderful they were together just, like, made you think about your own life and you're like oh man the my life sucks right now and it's probably gonna suck forever um it was a little bit different than that because the thing was even going into the wedding like let me explain that that's not me saying that about cody that is me echoing the sorts of things <laughs> that cody says to me about himself right but you I'm, weren't there at the being, wedding i'm not trying to be a dick i know we were there at the wedding when like but there was just like this moment of I remember at the ceremony, like, I've seen those videos before of, like, the wedding where, you know, the, the bride comes in and the groom starts crying. And I always thought, I'm going to get married one day and I'm going to be the groom that cries because I'm, like, an emotional person. And then I was, like, by the time I was at this wedding, I was, like, I'm not even going to get married ever. So, like, that's not even a thing. But she's walking up. And this is the dude that I know who is, like, the one that was, like, I never wanted to get married. I'm just going to bang chicks and die at 30. And, like, a Paul Walker, like, car crash. See, like, <laughs> does he, like, love Hunter S. Thompson and shit? No, I have I have no clue. I think he liked some uh, Tom Clancy books. I don't think that really counts as anything. No, I don't think it does. <laughs> he likes Eminem a lot, even though his family's affluent. That's not great on him. I don't know. I don't think that's at all unusual no there's nothing wrong with him he's a great guy he's one of my favorite he's actually like like one of the best friends i've had for a long time but it was just so weird seeing just he was just so happy he just like couldn't stop smiling and the first thought that flickered across my head because i'm selfish and i like making everything about myself was i i don't get to have that and like there was just like that thought of like i'm on another different pill and at the time, this was pill number four for antidepressants. The clonopin was helping with anxiety with number four antidepressants. And I had this big freak out. I couldn't reach my psych for a while. I'm trying to get rescheduled because I forgot that I was even traveling one day, that I had scheduled an appointment. And I was pill number four, and I still wasn't feeling any better. And I knew I, I had to give it time. And then I went back to my psych's office, and he was like, no, you should feel it by now. Let's go to number five. And I was like, Jesus Christ, man, like... That is so wild how quickly... I mean, he's this professional. I'm just but, saying from yeah. a layman's perspective, it seems crazy how fast he's cycling you through this shit. Yeah, and I think, you know, the the thing with what I'm taking is you your emotions are going to swing as it is when you're getting used to a new drug. So I'm having mad mood swings coming off a wedding where I convince myself I could never be, like, happy enough then convince myself I shouldn't get married because if I'm not going to be that happy, I shouldn't be with somebody who put that on them. 
while also just processing a breakup, a work just load just really kicking up at work, and also just my other insanity and other overreactions at once just led to my brain imploding into me just randomly crying at work sometimes. That's not great. No. I think I... Let me think. I cried at work once in the last year, I think. And I think it was when uh, David Berman died. And I was like reading stuff about the guy from the Silver Jews. And I was reading about him and ended up reading the um, Hanif. I don't have his name in front of me, so I'm not going to attempt his last name. Um, it's a really good article that we'll link to um, on Twitter about uh, the Tiny Little Changes cover album of Midnight Organ Fight by Frightened Rabbit. And yeah. that, those two, I, I read a, a lot about the guy from the Silver Jews and that on the same day. And uh, they both died by suicide. And that was, I, I cried a lot about that. But I mean, it, not just like breaking down seemingly at, seemingly at random is not something that I've ever experienced. Yeah, I cried like four hours ago over nothing. Yeah, I know that you, I think you cried on your way over to my apartment yesterday, too. Yeah, but that was stressful for different reasons I don't really want to get into. But, you know, I I will say this. I was at my ex's place last night to get my cat, and she was watching my cat while I was on this, um, you know, wedding weekend that was supposed to be for both of us. And I really don't give a shit what your opinion on that is. It already happened. Um, So I went back to get the cat. And at one point, while I was there, I just started crying. And it's, like, not a great look because it's, like, if you cry in front of your ex-girlfriend, they're going to be like, wow, he really misses me. And I was just like, I- I'm just crying because <laughs> I seem to be doing that a lot lately. And I'm sure there's, a, like, a lot of you know, emotions that could have triggered it and I could probably say them out loud. But there's some things I'd like to still keep between us. But, you know, just... But just, basically, just, just you crying were... <laughs> and for no reason in the middle of like seeing her. You happened to cry while seeing her because you were there for more than five minutes. And... Yeah, like, and then she texted me the next day, like, "Man, I was really worried about you." And I'm like, "That's not what I want, though. Like, I just want like, like you to be okay, and then me to be okay." It's like, and it's like, I I can't tell her that it's like, oh, it's not. It's not because of the breakup, because then it's like, oh, well, shit, that sounds like I'm saying I don't care at all, and then I can't be like, well, it's all the breakup, and it's like, well, I, I'm the one who broke up with you, I sound like a dumbass, like, it just puts you in a weird position where you're just yeah, like... ideally you don't have to talk about it at all. Yeah, you just say, oh, I'm just really fucked up, and they're like, do you need help? And I'm like, nope, I'm good, and it's like, that's a weird conversation, because <laughs> not nothing, for... nothing I just said actually conjoins, yeah. like... Or do you need help? <laughs> yes, but not from you. Yeah, like, and it's not your fault, and I know you want to help, but it's just, like, I don't think it's the right person or time. So, yeah, I got my cat back, and she's snoozing, so that's fine. And that's a little bit of stress relief that I'm, like, working through some stuff, but I think it's just one of those things. It's like, I came off this, like, hangover of a weekend, not, like, seriously, like, hangover headache, just, like, you know, overload of friends, stimulation, and from Thursday to Sunday, and then we even went to watch the Eagles game on, like, DVR, my one friend who's, who was, I have to reiterate this, just so you understand, he was amazing to me all weekend, and you, Bobby, you know me, you would, 
very much expect me to say something like this. I said all weekend, like, if I get really annoying, just tell me to shut up. Like, yeah. if I'm like, and I was talking so much. And then finally, at one point during the Eagles game, he tapped me on the shoulder and was like, can you stop talking for like 10 minutes, dude? And I, I like took it very personally, but I was like, I told him to do that. And I do need to stop talking. But it like, uh, no one wants to ever be told that even if you told them to tell you that. It's just like, fuck. Like, I'm the guy just like who won't shut the fuck up. Yeah, I mean, I would hate to be told that even if I told someone, just tell me shut the fuck up if I'm talking too much. Somebody at work handed me a sticky note while I was on the phone that said too loud. No, that, they're just being a dickhead. But then I found out they weren't being a dickhead because then other people were like, yeah, a little too loud. And then it's like, we told him to write this dude. I was like, God damn it. Oh, we wow. talked about it. No, we like talked about it and joked about it and stuff. But like, it was just like, um, when I'm like, I that can't. That reminds me of the, uh, that story a couple of weeks ago where the airport security person got fired because they just <laughs> handed a dude a note that said, you're ugly. <laughs> 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 I didn't know that one. That's actually really fun. Yes. <laughs> like, had it on camera, and everyone was like, damn, how fucking ugly do you have to be for someone <laughs> to definitely get fired? Yeah. <laughs> because they just have to be like, god damn, this dude is fucking ugly. I, I gotta tell him. him. He's gotta know. Yeah. If he knows, I need to, I still need to let him know. Yeah. No, but, like, it was just this thing for me where I... I don't know, just everything felt so over the top, and it just felt like an idiot, and, you know, I ended up realizing, like, the game was, you know, going the Eagles' way, I had a good time, finally get back to Philly, and I just, like, you know, had, like, a day to myself, but, like, even the day to myself just, like, kept getting, like, weirdly derailed and stuff, and, I don't know, went back to work, and I, I probably just need to survive to this weekend, and then just get back in a regular cadence of, like, yeah, it's going to suck. I'm going to be at work for five days a week for a while. But, like, I am working on a lot of stuff. And if I can just chip away. But it just sucks when people are like, you know, take it one day at a time. Take it slow, all that. And it's like, you don't know what it's like to walk home then and just feel like your body is just, like, filled with stone. Like, that's just, like, and I, I was, like, describing to you guys today, like, you know, I have a great support system. I have all these friends, but... The way I feel right now is so isolated that I feel like I'm locked in, like, a corner room of a burning building and, like, just shouting from it. So you guys all hear what I'm saying to get into the building to help me. Like, and that sucks because it's, like, that's the ultimate just, like, way I can prove to you that, like, I feel the disconnect even when people are trying to help me. Yeah. Funny enough, um, on the other bachelor party this weekend, uh, I was with our mutual friend Mike um, and he was talking about me and me and Mike's favorite book uh, Infinite De- Infinite Jest um, you know I'm a white guy who is smug and considers himself smart so you should get a podcast yeah I, I have one I'm I'm on it right now with you I thought you were going to start two to three more no I just have the one okay well we'll get to back well, to that later regardless <laughs> there uh he, he reminded me of a, a part of Infinite Jest that is very similar to what you're saying, where he compares depression to being in a burning building and suicide to, like, jumping off the top. Like, if you see someone at the top of a burning building and they jump off, you understand that they're trying to escape yeah. this imminent danger that's 
below them and they're going they're gonna die either way you see them do it and you're like that makes sense i would do the same thing whereas like he says if you have depression it's as though your body is like the burning building and like you have all of these feelings and dreads and like maybe hatred of yourself or maybe just like fear of having to live the rest of your life like carrying all of that around and like the suicide would no people wouldn't understand it as much because they can't see and relate to the danger the way that they can a burning building but like it's a very similar feeling of dread and yeah inescapability i I get what you're saying is like you know i'm obviously making metaphors that's just bridge the gap of how i'm feeling and i think that you know the way to best put it was like you know in our little like group chat just for you know neurotico you were like hey we need to do a post probably for you know national or world suicide prevention day because obviously that's something we care about and we want to talk about and i wrote this like kind of cookie cutter thing and i was like i wasn't happy with just that and i wanted to expand on it but i didn't want to do it through the neurotica account because i felt like i was a little too like like hidden and i wanted people to know it was me to a degree and i didn't want it to like blow up i didn't want it to be like it's a thing i just wanted to own up to it but like i said you know neurotica kind of started as a you know stop telling me to get over it i mean we've talked before on the podcast how neurotica the podcast wasn't even the first idea but just the whole idea of me being told my whole life stop talking about your mental health in front of people like i got sick of being told get over it or you know just maybe keep it quiet here put on a fake smile and it was like you know for me you know neurotica was kind of this rebellion and you know another thing i'd like to explore at some point in my life is you know it's like was my mental health my rebellion when i was a teenager when i was like you know not really going out and like doing drugs but i was like lashing out and not realizing what was going on like you know for me it's just this building thing and it's always been there and i just got really like scared for the first time ever that like maybe this time you know antidepressant number five like it's not gonna go away this time and you know it's funny because i was tweeting you know quote tweeted our own neurotica account and said you know i want to say like I've dealt with suicidal thoughts. That wasn't a surprise to anybody. Um, and I talked about the people that have helped me, that have kept me here, that have supported me and stuff. But I I was crying the whole time I was writing that because I was trying to be like this brave person and like share this thing of like, hey, this is what I go through sometimes. And like, you know, here's how you can help people. And like, it is possible to help. And then it was still in the back of my mind. It's like something that I, you know, latently thought of as an option you know and it's it, that's really sucky because you know part of what i want to do in neurotica is show people that they can talk about their problems and can be themselves and stuff like that and it wasn't hard for me to tweet i do that all the time i tweet nonsense constantly you go to my twitter like you're not going to see very many heartfelt posts it's just going to be mostly nonsense with no context but this was like a moment where I was like, I'm going to finally put something on social media that's very personal to me. And it was eating me up at the same time because that fear just 
It's there. Always. Yeah, I think no matter how mainstreamed mental health struggles get, like we talked about last week, it's still scary to talk about that stuff. I mean, it is extremely personal. It is... It's a different struggle for every single person. Um, So even other people that can kind of relate to you aren't going to totally necessarily get where you're coming from and your particular struggle and people that are not struggling with anything like that they can like me for example i can try as hard as i can to be empathetic and open-minded um i can try as hard as i can to just try to see where other people are coming from and understand that they are struggling even if i can't understand the struggle but i'm i'm never going to be able to completely understand it like and i do want to circle back to what i was talking about from david foster wallace because i don't want it to sound like i'm saying that like suicide if you're depressed like is the best is like the thing to do the way like jumping off a burning building is he was just i I just thought that that was uh, a really evocative description of the way that depression feels from the point of view of a character who is depressed and is not yeah it's like getting the, through it sort of like i'm in the burning building you can't see it so if i jumped you would judge me but you would never understand why i jumped yeah basically what you're trying to get at exactly and the other thing that i wanted to say was before i messaged you about the world suicide prevention day thing i was sort of like playing around with tweeting something out i didn't think that i was the one to do it because, again, I'm not the one that does struggle with depression or suicidal ideation or anything like that. But part of the thing that I was having trouble with when even trying to come up with something was how to word it. And maybe you can like walk me through this or tell me if I'm thinking about this in the right way. Because I was trying to think of how to word it, like reach out, like there's the number, tell your friends if they reach out to you and say, is anything wrong? be honest with them and those are good things people should do that but i was also like that's that's cookie cutter like that doesn't nest that if someone is like thinking about suicide right now that probably doesn't help them literally at all because like yeah and if if, like if if you are thinking about like you know killing yourself and i reached out and said like how are you feeling right now would you be honest with me or would you be like, um, eh, not great, but I'm fine. That's a loaded question. Are you trying to trick me? Um, no, I'm just no it, to... it, it depends. I mean, there's some people that I'm much more comfortable to say like, yeah, like I'm scared. I'm having bad thoughts with, and there's some people I deflect with. I think you're a closer friend. So, you know, it, it really depends on how strong the thought is and like how, worried I am about it because sometimes it even like you know it it's even just sometimes the side effect of a pill that you might have more suicidal thoughts and like sometimes it might just pop in and might be a weird like oh crap moment for me like it might not even be thing but like that that's the thing for me is like you really get imposter syndrome I think when you start like telling people you have mental mental health and imposter syndrome is a mental health thing it's like I've been getting it really bad lately with the podcast and stuff and like telling people what my problems are and like 
you know, and worrying like, you know, am I really what I say I am? And, and am, I, am I building it up too much? I've got a lot of room to play with and obviously stories, but at the end of the day, when I feel, you know, suicidal, like, yeah, there's not much you can, you can't give me a phone number and that's going to do anything. You can't say, you know, like, oh man, do you want to talk? Because I'm just not going to open up. But like, I think what people need to realize is, and there, there's a situation that kind of arised over the wedding where somebody asked me and said like, hey, you know, somebody might be in danger and, you know, what should I do? And it was a very weird situation. And I was just like, look, you, you just need to let people know that you're there and you love them and you don't judge them. But like, you can't force anything out of them. You just need to understand that whatever they're going through, they're going through it. You they're not going to put that on you. That's part of the problem with, you know, having suicidal ideation. It's not a lot of times us getting away from you. It's you getting away from us. It's, we believe we're the problem. We're, we're the yeah. poison. We're the ones that need to step away. So really, I, I just try to tell people, you know, you can help, you can save your friends, but you just have to, be there and you have to you make sure that when you say you're going to be there you're actually there um because i've had situations where people have told me you know i'll be there and then you know a week later they weren't and that crushed me and that hurt and left me back in a vulnerable place like it's just that like you know sometimes i do want to talk to somebody but i beat around the bush and just kind of shoot you know left of my target just so i can talk somewhat about it without talking about it right yeah, so thank you for that. That was, um, that's kind of what I was thinking, but I just wanted to hear it from someone who's actually, like, as we've said, like, struggled with this kind of thing, because when I was trying to come up with something to tweet, I, I wanted it to be something that was, that had some stuff, some substance. Yeah. Because, like you said, like, you can do the cookie cutter thing, but that's just, that's basically just like showing up like that's yeah getting participation points in a class and that that was the thing that you know we could talk about it probably here is that i really did not appreciate the song by logic at all when i found out that the entirety of the song he was playing roles like logic has never had a suicidal thought in his life he admitted in an interview and that felt very disingenuous to me that like it seemed clear that he didn't consult anyone that had either. Yeah, it was just like, it felt like he just wanted to be the rapper that said, I stood up for this thing. Like Exactly. And, and this is something that I've gotten in an argument with people about too, because I, I don't think it's a good song. Um, I think that the character that he's playing is not a realistic character because it's just... And I have a similar um, beef with Adam's song by Blink-182 because it's literally just like, okay, three verses and then they're just like, ah, oh, no, wait, I'm, I'm good now. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm good. Don't worry about it. But like, people are like, well, he's trying to help and like, people are calling the hotline because it's the title of the song and stuff like that. And I'm like, I mean, if it is helping people, then that's good. Yeah. But that, I, I still that's... think it's a bad song and I still think that it's... Um, kind of shitty for him to, you know, construct this unrealistic suicidal character without ever talking to anyone that has ever had those thoughts that can like actually make it 
a relatable character for anyone that's not 16 and just, like, their first girlfriend cheated on them. Yeah, like, it wasn't a song for me. Like, nothing he said was like, oh, man. <laughs> like, he's basically just like, I don't want to be alive. And I was like, oh, man, that's something I would have said maybe um, when I was 14 or something. Like, when... And, like, that's something that I, I don't think people know too much about me is that my suicidal ideation started probably sometime around middle school, but it was, like, it was kind of like, uh, don't think about purple elephants. It was just, like, the word. Like, word would pop in my head. It would scare the shit out of me. Just the word suicide? Yep, literally. Just, like, as a common, like, you know, like, you know, the joke now being that if you are a streamer, that you're just going to be compelled at some point to say the N-word. <laughs> say the gamer word? Yeah, the gamer <laughs> word, like, the N-word. Like, that was me with suicide. Like, it started off as just they don't say suicide, and then every single day I said suicide. And that scared me. And I was, like, you know, a 13-year-old kid when it started. And it just never went away. And then, you know, it grew more and more. I'm lucky to say that I'm not someone who's ever had a, you know, real... Um, attempt but it, it's kind of even a weird thing within the mental health community because it's like we're called cowards when we commit suicide but honestly somebody commits suicide like the people who don't or wanted to a lot of times they feel like cowards because they're like i couldn't go through with it and you know there really shouldn't be any valor you know put to it either way but it's kind of a weird dynamic where we're like oh yeah like i you know, if I could pull this off, you know, I'd be like, you know, finally I did it. Whereas yeah, people I, are like, oh, somebody killed himself. What a coward. It's like, you know, no, you don't understand. We're most certainly trying to do everything we can to make sure that does not happen. It scares us. It is super weird that the way that suicide is talked about is in terms of like toxic masculinity almost. It's like. How do we convince people not to kill themselves? Oh, we're going to say that they're fucking yellow-bellied pussies. Yeah, it's just like, nobody woke up one day and was just like, ah, yeah, today, yeah, I think I'm just going to kill myself. Killed himself, what a bitch. Yeah, like, I just like, it. it's not something that, like... You get your period, bitch? Yeah. You fucking killed yourself? <laughs> Jesus Christ, fuck. <laughs> it's too close to home. PMSing. Uh, but it's just like, but no, it is really one of those things that's just like, you think I just woke up one day and was just like, oh, I'm going to kill myself? Or I was just like, oh, man, this girl broke up with me. I'm going to kill myself the next day. Like, People have had dramatic thoughts like that, but m most of us who are struggling with it are like, you know, we confide in very few people that we even had, you know, the thought or an attempt a lot of times. And I'm obviously a little bit more open about my thoughts with it, but it's just like, you just say, oh my god, that's like, so cowardly, and then we're like, oh my god, it's so cowardly that I didn't do it. Like, you know, I, I the closest I've ever gotten is I, I did hold a knife to my wrist, and I was like, ready to, to plunge, but I couldn't do it. And I remember thinking, you're a coward. And then I just, like, broke down and cried, and that was my closest attempt. I was in college. Damn. Yeah. And you know what, that doesn't even, like, register for me is like a emotional moment right now like i don't have any connection to that just because it's just a thing it's just life for me yeah i know and i'm again 
the not a qualified person to talk about this, but I know that a lot of people who make attempts never make attempts again. Um, and a lot of it is just like a combination of the moment and whatever they're, whatever, like chemically they're going through and whatever, like real life or not real life, but you know, yeah, visible world, whatever stressors happen. So I know that it's not like they try to do it once they're definitely going to try to do it again. Yeah. And that's not the case with you. It sounds like it was like almost once and then not necessarily ever almost again yeah but the the thought's still there sometimes and it's still scary and if you um you know find me like you know in my bathroom and it's a little shady just you know know that i'm not directly connected to epstein but if you know you find any files just burn them for me bobby that really appreciate that r.i.p jeff we miss you every day buddy yeah just you know, you know, you're up there looking down on us, trying to keep us safe. The wheels in the sky keep on turning from the great band Journey. Um, they dedicated that song to to Jeff Mann himself. Um, let's stop talking about this altogether. Uh, no, but it's it's one of the hardest things to ever explain to anybody. And it's just to have that dread, to have that feeling of just not wanting to be on the earth anymore... I can't explain that because that is just something in your body that is just so wrong that I couldn't say, oh, it's like having a big stomachache because it's not. It's like every fiber of your being screaming, lay down and stop. And that's just a lot harder. Yeah, that sounds... God. Um, When I was just out of college, I had some pretty low moments, but as I've said before... That wasn't anything clinical. That was just my life legitimately sucking at the time and not seeming to go anywhere uh, better anytime soon. So having, you know, things be relatively good, like a pretty good, stable job, moved out of my moved out of your parents' house pretty immediately after college, everything like that. And yet, and we talked about this before with like Anthony Bourdain and people at the top of their crafts who still die by suicide like i can't imagine having a pretty good stable life and still just like burning up all the time with that yeah i mean best term is always demons you know you wrestle with your demons but like people really don't get it that doesn't mean you hear voices in your head but it's the one that always works for me but we all have our foibles (laughs) as a friend says yeah well, this episode started to get a little sad, so let's bring it back up with plugs, baby. Bobby, what are you plugging post-suicide? <laughs> um, donate to the GoFundMe that we have going for Jeffrey Epstein's funeral costs. Nope, I'm we'll not going to be connected to that part one. Donate to the GoFundMe for a dear friend's funeral costs. We are, we'll keep them anonymous. Um, Jeffrey Epstein. I should have a new article out tomorrow on the fifth quarter about the Sixers. I think it'll be about Team USA's utter disgraceful failure uh, at the FIBA World Cup this year, uh, which was a lot of fun because of all the Celtics and Donovan Mitchell and uh, Jerry Colangelo. So, yeah, yeah, it'll probably be about that. Go check out the fifth quarter. Um, Follow the fifth quarter as well. They have some... uh, Good content on Twitter, good podcasts, good blogs. 
What about you, Cody? Uh, took a little week off from Twitch just because of complete mental breakdown, but uh, twitching a lot more at Twitch.tv. We didn't even talk about the fucking Joker. How did we not talk about the Joker movie? I don't want to. That's that's a whole podcast in itself. That's next week's episode. It's, so, it's gonna be so psychological. Let's go watch it. <laughs> Let's go watch the movie before we talk about the whole fucking movie on a podcast. I feel like it should be the other way around. No. Well, maybe let's do it before and after episode. We'll do. We'll record before and then we'll go see it and then we'll record a little after. Okay, that's perfect. Great. That'll be up on the Patreon. Yeah, that we don't deserve. That um, we won't have. <laughs> we definitely don't have it, but we definitely don't deserve it. Obviously. Uh, but yeah, twitching a little bit more, twitch.tv slash coderan. Uh, follow me on all the regular channels uh, via Twitter at coderan, and if you want to follow the podcast just to keep up with the episodes and any updates we might have, or any cool, fun things that we're doing, which we don't do a lot of, um, you can follow us, 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 at Nautica the Pod on Twitter. I had a little beat to that one. You're the producer. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Well, I guess Tony's technically the producer, yeah. but you're the, yeah, you're thanks, the Tony. Uh, de facto producer. Thanks, Tony. Oh, and go see the Joker movie. Yeah, No, no yeah. don't promote that movie. There's so much psychology in it. Okay, great. Anyway, you've been listening to Neurotica. Don't see the Joker movie. Go see the Joker movie.